Please listen carefully. Fucking around, so we have stuff for the before and the after. You finally got your wish. We shortened them up. Yeah. Although one, as a personal preference, I like to listen to long podcasts. Well, like the Same. Mormon one, the two hour one. I've two been, hours. Ooh. I was like, ooh. let's talk about the Mormon one, y'all. Please. It's back not, in five. It's not a Mormon podcast. It's a podcast about pop culture. Okay. Brought by one woman, one woman Kennedy or something like that. I don't know. I just she basically released her. a joke book about like social media and how it affects people, and then she covers little pop culture. Be topics. there in five. Yes. Be there in five. Yeah. And there's an episode on Mormon mommy bloggers, and it is... Fascinating. Yeah, very fast. It's, like, you have to, like, think about anything you've ever done. Like, I threw a birthday party where I used those rose gold balloons with the number three and zero for a friend. You know, like, those, like, aluminum ones? I can't believe... I don't like that as a trend right now. We are running out of helium, folks. Go ahead. And, like, these trends and stuff, I didn't really think about where they come from, but where did they all start? Mormon mommy bloggers. Because they would pin it on your Pinterest, and then you pin it on your Pinterest. Blanket scarves? Mormon mommy bloggers. I own like three blanket scarves. Messy bun mommy bloggers. Yes. There you go. Mormons. I will have to say, these are all things that I have not partook in. Actually, the blankets, that's why I have a blanket scarf. Yeah, because they're a delight. It is funny that we were talking about this um, topic recently, and there's a friend of ours that we're uh, helping like redo her wardrobe. So we've been all up on Pinterest, and she was sharing an ad she got for a pin board called Modest Clothing. Oh. And immediately I was like, it's the Mormons! It's the Mormon moms! They're coming for us. Oops. Oh, shit. Ruining the recording. Sorry. And this laptop is being replaced. But, like, nothing burns my ass more is that I'll be following someone, like a blog or an Instagram, and then I learn out they're Mormon. I'm like, holy shit, can I not escape them? They're all, they're everywhere. It's because they're so, like, shiny and friendly. But, like, they're genuinely, I love, like, they're so lovely. They're so nice. They're, like, considerate. Like, honestly, genuinely considerate. That's the Mormon, like, thing. That's the brand. they're, They're little, they're little angels. And I love them too much, but like, come on, there's no regular folks out there that need their blog to get more uh, views because they can have a it's, job outside. It's part of the Mormon the mommy call. Those women just have so much time. Sh- basically, what I'm saying should I have gone to Brigham Young University and found myself a man? But it sounds like but from this podcast that on the outside everything seems pleasant and great, but on the underside there's a dark mystery. Yeah. Enough for, dark t- enough for two hours worth two, of audio content. No, two, two episodes. Two episodes. So that's two hours plus probably another two because hours. Lot, yeah. I mean, and she said she's not even going to cover this one blogger that would take another like two hours on its own. Crazy. But she's going to cover the Freckle Fox. Which, which is, <sighs> if you guys Oof. remember from last year, we definitely talked about this on the podcast. Paul Swenson. Paul Swenson. Take L- literally so like ugh, there's a dark side to the mormon community that i would like to apparently there's a big opiate there's like because you can't be that friendly all the time like you're not actually that happy and it's a shame that the the community you're in is forcing you to pretend that you are but when you go on missions for two years this is, i also learned this from them said you're paying for this and well, like part of it is actually yeah like it's also all about like creating that perfection and that she talks about and yeah. like how do they do that Drugs. Fentanyl. I mean, if I had to take a photo every fucking day to prove how, like, beautiful and, like, have a great life, I would also be terribly depressed. I mean, you couldn't even take a photo when you were on vacation. Exactly. But, like, I'm not making my living off photos. If I was, maybe I'd change my whole perception of social media. Yeah. 
Oh, maybe this should be our own topic. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do it. It's like, it's interesting. <gasps> you know what we're going like to have to do? Best of influencer. Yes. Like, Ooh, that's a good one. Should we just do that now? <laughs> that would take me a long time to... Okay. That comes in future could, episodes. That's, that's Best... a discussion thing that we need to do yeah. I want to have, I want to come in with some historical information. <laughs> I will do research for this yeah. episode. The yeah. shit you care about. I know. You won't even do honestly. the readings for our regular episodes. You won't even watch a single episode of Mindhunter with us. But I'd like to say, you, so yes, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I, I do that too. A lot. Especially Bon Appetit. Oh. I, bon Appetit, I have guys, my favorite. Claire, Brad, I love you. Tag if you em. ever listen to Tag them. I will tag them. I don't fucking care. I love them. I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. I have sometimes like web series and stuff like that. Carmilla. Oh yeah, I watch that yeah. too. I'm like a strict, oh, you have a channel that you haul shit? Watching. Yeah, oh, watching you, it. You bought shit for fall 2019? Into it. Oh, you have a new makeup routine? You follow Sophia Nigro, don't you? No, I don't. You don't? I don't love her. I love her. Her I fucking bat wing, bat wing sleeves. I love this I girl. was into her for <laughs> a few months and then I was like, you know what? I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, but she, she's like, I don't have anything bad to say about her. I just like, I don't, didn't work with what I was wanting to watch at the time. Yeah. I love a Vogue video about this is my sn- nighttime skincare routine or this is my daily we, we makeup routine. We know you routine. love that. <laughs> if, you're, if you've been listening to this podcast, I used to have good skin and now I've <laughs> hit puberty again and I'm... <laughs> In my late 20s. You still have good skin. You're just having a moment. I'm just, I'm wearing makeup right now. So it's all hidden. Really? Yes. But, um. I mean, I can't tell. So this is my struggle. Like, I've been telling everyone I know. So, like, put me in your prayers and thoughts. <laughs> your P's and Q's. Whatever that means. I have to say, I have had bad skin for, like, the last year for a while. And then when I went on birth control again, haven't had to wear makeup in, like, three months. Yeah. Because I went off birth control. Ooh. And I'm six months in and that's when it's the worst. And here we are. Yeah. I'm tired, pimples. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through this once, many times. What am I saying? Once? The past? How old am I? I'm old. It's been like 15 years and I'm tired <laughs> of this. It makes it sound like you are 15. It's probably 20 years. How old am I? <laughs> Five, I mean, ten. No, it's only you. been like 13, 12, 12, 13 years. Anyways. Uh, welcome to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. My skin is dry. Uh, I'm Natasha. My skin is combo. And I'm Stephanie. And I usually am combination, but I'm just acne right now. So thank <laughs> you, everyone. You, you have become acne? I'm just acne. You're just one pimple. I'm just one pimple. It's all on my chin. So I'm just taking the reins from Christina, apparently. I love it. But uh, my pick for favorite of uh, summer 2019 is Midsummer. Yes! Uh, Summer. I'm trying to figure out. It's not an American movie, right? Or is it just set somewhere else? It's set in like a. It's in a Swedish village. I need to see it. Oh, you 100%. Okay, so I won't spoil it's, it. It's mid. Yeah. I, it's spelled Midsommar. Yeah, Midsommar. Midsommar. Uh, but the <laughs> director is Ari Aster, who yeah. directed Elementary, which I think you guys have seen. Uh, yeah. The show Elementary? No, the movie. The movie. Is yeah. that right? No, Did no, I, the show. That's... No, no, it's the movie. Movie, He's also directed something else that was... Maybe it's not called Elementary. No. Pause, 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 yeah, I was pause. like, what movie is Elementary? Hereditary, Hereditary. sorry. Oh. I was like, what are you talking about? Hereditary. Uh, you jumped in there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait. Have you guys seen Hereditary? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So it's the, by the director. I haven't seen Hereditary. I only saw Midsummer. So I was going into this thinking this was going to be a scary movie. And I would just think it's a dark comedy. Oh. It, it does feel like a dark comedy. I like that description yeah. much better. 
it's like I don't want to give anything away because it's bananas crazy, but it's like possibly the best breakup movie mm-hmm. 100%, ever. Yeah, and it's, like a, a woman going through the motions and then coming out on top. Yeah, and like if Hereditary was like jump scary and like a little bit like psych- well very psychological, this one was like psychological but just gory. <laughs> but like it's also beautiful. Like it is. It's like very there's no pretty. shots at night. It's all like. Bright sunlight out, beautifully lit. They're wearing flower crowns, which everyone loves. And, like, somebody somebody at work asked me, because they were watching the movie tonight, actually. They were like, is there a blood eagle in it? Which, like, you can look it up if you want to know. Blood yes. eagle? Yes. What it's does a, that mean? It's a form of how you display a body. Okay, sure. It's pretty easy to figure out what that would look <laughs> and like. I, and I was like, yes, there is, but it is beautiful. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I was like, it's just a lot of flowers. There's also uh, the guy from The Good Places in this. Yes. Which one? Uh, oh, it's Cheaties in Cheaties it, right? In Cheaties, it. yeah. Uh, also, the Will Pootler. Pootler? I don't know. Who that he's is. like in every random movie that you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, he's like in the RV. Maze Runner. Yeah, the yeah. Really annoying guy from Maze Runner. He's in that. And then, so the girl, her name, the actress is Florence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she does this like gut wrenching scream that has stuck with me to this day. flying humans out of 10 moving flowers. I love it. And that's me, Natasha. So what is your pick? My pick, not a surprise, is a book. And I thought maybe I'm going to do something really unique. And I just said, fuck it. I'm going to do something that everybody's already read. And I was just really late to come to. Um, And my book pick is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Let's discuss. Yeah. So specifically why I'm choosing this book is because it basically decided what I was reading for the rest of the summer. Because as soon as I started it, if you don't already know, this book is about a basically retired actress that is selling off her like beautiful ball gowns and she decides to meet with this like nobody journalist and is like, hey, I want you to interview me about my life. But really this interview is going to be the book that you're going to publish under your name and you get the proceeds for and whatever. And she's like, okay, this is weird. The whole book is flashbacks to Evelyn Hugo's life, her sordid love affairs with men and women. (laughs) I could just generally say, or woman, I guess. Um, And like how she came to be married to these seven men and what exactly happened and how she loved people and how she had her child and all of that. So it's basically all that history, but it is so fascinating to read, especially about a woman in Hollywood that was seen as beautiful, but also maybe not worthy of certain roles or not a good enough actress. And it's just like really interesting in that, especially if you have read, not to bring up another book, but if you've read The Lady from the Black Lagoon, shout out to to my own publisher for this one. It is a nonfiction book about a woman who created the creature from the Black Lagoon and how she lost a lot of credit um, and how she was too beautiful for Hollywood. So they kind of shunted her. And so, like, it's really interesting to read this from a fictional perspective of what could have been of that woman's life. And so, like, not, I don't want to spoil anything exactly. Like, I, I don't know. Well read it, yeah. Like, I don't know if I should reveal, like, the, I guess it's not, like, a big thing that she's by. I mean, you already said she likes. Yeah, men she, and women. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's true. Okay, so she, she's 
for like her main relationship is with a woman that she meets who's also an actress who is much better than her at acting. And oh, so this woman's not even good at acting? I mean, no, she's, she's a good actress, but she's primarily like a sex symbol. Yes. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, like that's what's so interesting about it. And she uses sex in this way where like it's fascinating to see because she doesn't know any other way to survive. Okay. But she's also like, there are several scenes where she talks about it. She's clearly not like a bad actress, but yeah. you're talking about like a Meryl Streep. And then just, like, a much more, like, regular actress in, like, a lot of movies you love to watch. Exactly. But what I thought was really interesting is there's certain moments where she talks about the edits she would make to scenes and moments where she stood up to directors. Yeah. And, like, the way that, obviously, it's also told through her, her version of events. So that, take, keep that in mind as well. But the idea of, like, the, some of the most iconic scenes that she's famous for were her ideas. Yes. And, like, she clearly including, would have made an excellent director. Yeah. Like, including, like, very, very key, like, not sex scenes, but, like, yeah. sex symbolism. It's generally very, because yeah. she's aware. She's very aware of yeah. how being provocative and being sexual is going to help her, but she knows how to more, do it right. Yeah, and, like, the way she talks about it is so powerful. When, like, other people diminish it, she's like, no, this is a great thing that I yeah. did. And she recognizes that, which is, like fascinating to read but basically <laughs> this whole book made me start reading every fucking book I could find about like a bi relationship like it was just so fascinating and then that made me seek out more books or try to seek out more books about like pan relationships which are really hard to find yeah, in fiction definitely not many it of them. doesn't really exist they're very rare or you're finding something that isn't like labeled as such and it's very hard and like even in this book she doesn't like to label herself as bi which is like something that I found really important especially as somebody that comes from that community that it's hard to be like hey I like men and women but I might like somebody else too like I don't I don't know what I like like it's hard to establish that and how like in that changing time in Hollywood as well how people were regarded and like even in their like what is supposed to be quote-unquote their like forward like progressive world like it wasn't really not at all <laughs> like it's it's crazy but anyway it's a fascinating read it's got like the typical the author taylor jenkins read also wrote uh daisy jones in the six, six. which is six. also a really good book but it's got that typical formula she's known for where she does like this fascinating story and then she always likes to do a little twist at the end that's kind of bittersweet which this book does too and it is great i loved it absolutely adored this book and like these are like books that I would never never pick up like on my own like I wouldn't have been like this is something I'm gonna read for sure it took so much convincing for me to read these and I was like love it <laughs> yeah I actually agree with that if it wasn't for the fact that it had like it was about old Hollywood and old Hollywood actress yeah. and people were pushing it so much something called the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo was not like, it, yeah. would, it would need Steph to recommend it to me for yeah. me to be like, all right, Even I it. haven't picked this up because I'm yeah. like, I don't know. No, it's, it's honestly it's good. It's no, I love it. <laughs> not, to be, not to be confused with the seven husbands of Evelyn no, Hardcastle. No, the seven deaths. Seven, okay. in or the States, seven, and seven and a half, half deaths of to, Evelyn Hardcastle. Just so we're clear that where that is not what And also not about. to be mistaken with the seven, there's a other one that's also called like the seven plagues of like something. I can only yeah. imagine the like editor who book came out afterwards. I don't know what when you publish first and be like what the I really want to know how those, like, the publishing industry is fairly small. I really yeah. want to know how those two books came out at the same time with the same name. It's funny because they're from two different publishers. Yep. So, like, I was like, ooh. Like, they were probably, like, those books are probably shopped to both of them. And they I, each picked of one. Course. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they both were like, mm, we're going to use the same name, though. What's really interesting is the focus on the seven husbands in the title and the fact that it yep. doesn't say 
everything that is the book actually in the title which is I loved it like I would not have known what I was gonna get yeah there was a really great last line that I was like all right all right you got me (laughs) okay I like it exactly that was the line okay like this one just oh it hooks you and so whoever edited this book fucking amazing I like a good interview style yeah I think that helps quite a bit yeah and Daisy Jones is similar where just that interview style is it a script Daisy Daisy Jones like a it's, TV script it's, or something? It's done like an interview script. It's also oh, okay. interview style. But it's oh. like literally done like a script. Which is why if you listen to the audiobook, full cast, excellent. Oh, full cast audiobook? I'm here for it. That's I listened to the yeah. audiobook of Seven Deaths and I was into it. Yeah. All right. And you're ready. If I had to rate this, it would be 10 husbands out of 10 Oscars. So that is an excellent book and people should actually read it. Uh, my This one was hard for me. I watched and read actually a lot of really, really good shit this summer. So as I was going through my TV time, my Goodreads, I was like, I could talk about 11,000 things. Same. Um, especially because I did listen to a lot of full cast audiobooks. But I picked a TV show, unsurprisingly. And the one I'm going with is La Casa de Papel or oh, Money so Heist. Good. If you see the English version on Netflix. We're all talking about really good things this summer. I mean, it is the best of episodes, so you would hope. But, like, we're, like, really on point this We were, summer. we were. Yeah, we're I good. always wanted to watch this. Like, I had it in my oh, mind to watch this. This is after you watched Elite. You're like, I was like, I need to watch Money Heist. <laughs> but I, when I know something is subtitles, I try to wait for a little while before I start it. It's because you have um, to read, and that's, like, a lot exactly. of... It's exactly. It's a commitment. Mm. So I waited. But when I was in Italy, there were ads for it literally everywhere. Ooh. In Venice, like, a day after we left, they had a big thing where they had a huge structure put up and they were like throwing fake dollar bills out of a window to advertise the third season of Money Heist. So when I got home, I was like, all right, guys, guess I'm watching La Casa de Papel, which by the way, they should not have changed the name to Money Heist. I agree. Just call it the house of paper. (laughs) Money Heist has, if you watch it now on Netflix, it's got three seasons, but actually it only had one season before. It was supposed to be a mini series, but Netflix, when they um, did the dub into English, split it out into two seasons for reasons I don't understand, but it didn't matter because I watched it all at once anyway. And the plot is a bunch of people get together to rob the Royal Mint of Spain. And I'm like, a heist? A heist in Spanish? And like, what stakes? You're robbing the place they print the fucking money. So like, I was so into it immediately. And the way that they introduce the characters is instead of giving their names, they all have the names of cities. So, like, one of the main characters, even though it's an ensemble show, is Tokyo, who is, like, the main woman. And she narrates a little bit of mm-hmm. the show as well. And she is reckless. This woman is insane. Yeah. The whole time, I'm like, honestly, I don't even know that I like her that much, but I love her as a character. Like, I thought she was going to be the least crazy, and then she went She's the most crazy. She went She fucks so much shit up. You're actually kind of like, oh, things might go smoother if you weren't involved in this Yes. Place. But at the same time, I, like, love her as a character. And if you go and you watch season three, by the way, more important mm, things don't, come don't, up. Don't spoil it. I'm going to try very hard. Two. I need everyone to finish because I personally liked season three better than season Whoa. one and two. But that might that's be... big talk. That's big talk. I know some people will disagree, and I totally get that. And I'm surprised I disagree because I love a heist. Mm-hmm. And season three is a little bit less of a heist, but it's so good. Oh, I have an opinion. Up. I have an opinion. I so going into the show, I thought the show would be about like preparing for the heist, but yeah. actually, yeah. episode one is the heist, and you yeah. go from there. Which and then yeah. you get like flashbacks of them preparing because I was like, oh, they really went into this heist really quickly. And they then did. I was like, where's the like, prep? Wait, they've been prepping for a year. Yeah. And you know what threw me off? The heist last 
days. And they planned yeah. the days. Like nine days. Was it yeah. nine days? Nine days? I don't know. They I didn't finish season one heist. Yet. They were like, we need 10 to 12 days yes. to do this successfully. And they're like, can this you is- imagine? Ooh. Yeah. Can you imagine planning? We're going to be locked in the Rome into Spain with like guns and the army outside for 12 days. And they planted oh. there the last And it's yeah. wild because they have like, they have like the, like, I'm thinking of this as a term as a business. You have like the president outside. You have like the director on the floor, which is the main guy. Yeah. Who's like, what the fuck is happening here? And then you have like the coordinator underlings that fuck up and I you're just like, this is amazing. So this is, I told Christina, this was my idea of what a prequel to Die Hard would be like <laughs> if it was just about Hans Gruber and his friends and just like how they plan shit and fuck shit up. But like, obviously pre when they got fucked by Bruce Willis. Like they even played like the Ode to Joy song where they're like looking at the money, which is exactly what happens in Die Hard when they find the money. It is beautiful they to behold. Clearly, like heists, because there's a lot of like references and stuff like that yes. to like very classic like heist movies and stuff, which I love. I feel like and this characters. This series was the most watched on Spanish Netflix, I think, ever or something. Like Probably that. Like, it got, the think, most quick. I believe it. They put a lot of money behind it, and yeah. I think that that was like a solid fucking choice because it is great. Like I really like Elite, but this the, is better. Well, uh, it's it was a hundred times better. Elite Spanish. They took characters yeah. from Money Heist and yeah. put them into Elite. Elite. Elite is in, uh, one of the guys from Elite is in Money Heist and he's the, oh, he plays Rio in right. Money Heist. And the girl is in Elite. Which one? Right. The, the main girl, Tokyo. No, 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 no. The, the student. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, yes. So yes. yeah, that's what, that's how you know, like, honestly, they're good actors. If you like Delete, you're going to like this, but it's just such a really like. Also, that student girl in fucking Money Heist. Is also a little bit insane too. She's also reckless. They're all a little bit crazy. I just love, love that. Like anything, I, like if you're in a heist situation, what are you gonna do? Fucking nothing. You're just gonna oh, do what they say. Y'all, but these people. Arturito! Arturito! <laughs> I cannot! <laughs> he goes and just fucks everything. Anything. Like, so you see a lot of the show, there's the guys that are obviously, there's the robbers who are the main characters that are doing the heist, but the hostages also play like an important part. And it's crazy. To be like, wow, these hostages are really annoying. Because, like, they're trying to save their lives. Arguably, they are in the right. But they are so annoying that you, like, actively root against him. Our Torito can bite me. He is so annoying. I'm not going to say anything else. But y'all really need to keep watching. That guy. But honestly, the characters are really... Like, this show is so good. And so I... Watched a little bit of it in subs, and I watched a little bit of it dubbed because there were times where I really wanted to keep going, but I couldn't. Like I couldn't be focused on the TV the whole time. And I have to say, normally a dub is very bad. I actually thought this dub was really good. The voices are pretty strong, but the f- best reason that you should watch the dubbed version at least once is because the guy that does the voiceover for Denver does the most awkward, ridiculous, amazing <laughs> laugh I've ever heard in my entire life. And every time you hear, it, you're like. You made that sound with your mouth. It is magical. It is honestly so so good. I also, side note about this show, this is not like a spoiler. This is like very early on. One of the hostages is pregnant and is thinking about aborting. Every oh, yeah. fucking oh, yeah. a heist robber person, whatever, has an opinion on has her abortion. Opinion. And they pull her aside and are like, yeah. let me tell you my opinions yeah. about abortion. Yeah. 
But also what I love, so like they make demands basically of what they need. Yeah. And one of the demands, they pull aside everyone, all of the hostages oh, yeah. who might need medication. And the woman is like, I need an abortion pill. And they look at her and they're like, I mean, all right, sure. Um, and even and the so cops are like, an abortion, an abortion pill. And they're like, people have needs. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it was one of the hostages requests. She doesn't know how long she's going to be in here. Yeah. But then what I love is she just immediately gets it. Yeah. Like, all things considered... It was very easy for this woman to get this pill, and I'm actually very happy for like, her for that. It's easier like, to get a, an abortion pill as like a hostage, hostage in Spain, Spain than it is in America. Period. Yeah. And we, <laughs> I would like, sad. I would like to start this new trend that if you are currently in America and you're like, oh man. I need an abortion. I'm not going to be able to have this baby. Yes, you could take your life into your own hands and try to find a way to get one in Ohio. Or, hear me out, take a ticket to Spain, go to a really seedy part of town, try to get held up in a hostage, ask for an abortion pill, you will literally get it, and it will probably be cheaper for you. Yeah, it's free. It was free. It's free. Yeah. It was free. You and just got to pay for the Spain ticket. Tell them you got a timeline and they will deliver. Yeah. They'll be like, you know what? Your choice. Your body, your choice. Okay. We, yes, we're keeping you here and you don't have a say in that, but we will help you get rid of that. <laughs> it was just very, very great. But the show was excellent. There is one character in particular, Nairobi. Oh, I love Nairobi. Jeez. I like Rio. I, I thought Nairobi would be the more insane one, but instead Turns she's y'all. the most logical. And Nairobi just gets better as the show goes on. I'm going to be honest with you. You really need to watch it because she's very much the, like, woman listening to all these men that are like, you are not as good at this as I am. You should stop talking. And her face shows it. Actually, in particular, (laughs) I will say Nairobi has, like, this one particular hostage that due to his duty she spends a lot of time with. And they're, like, it's not a relationship. It's not romantic. But he has such respect for this woman that is holding him hostage (laughs) because of the way that she operates that like he like honestly you really need to watch it like he stands up for her but he's like no okay i will say this at one point he looks at her and he says you're the best boss i've ever had (laughs) and i was like this is the greatest show so shout out to Nairobi, shout out to Money Heist. Oh, I'm gonna I fact check um, myself. So by 2018, the series was the most watched non-English language series and one of the most watched series overall on Netflix. Wow. Wow. Shout out. As it should be, I highly recommend. You can search it by either looking for La Casa de Papel or, or Money, Money Heist. Heist will show up as well. I would have to give it They made this in Vancouver. Ten. Vancouver Media. Yeah, Vancouver Media. Which I found really what? funny because it's Vancouver Media, but and all their names are cities. Did anybody notice that? Uh, I, mean, I love that all their names are cities. Yeah. That was a really cool... Oh, y'all need to finish watching this, and then everybody who watches it after this episode needs to come comment to us, because there is a person who is introduced later on who gets their own city name, and it's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life that they willingly walked around with the city name, but it's also kind of really fucking funny, but in that kind of like morbid and bad way. But I love it. And if you watch it, you will know immediately what I'm talking about when they look at this character and they go, that that's it. That could be your city name. Because <laughs> I had to pause the television, y'all. I had to stop and be like, what the fuck? It was fucking excellent. So this is easily like a 10 dolly masks out of 10, like $1 billion, you know, Euro banknotes. That they make themselves. That they make, oh, what a good show. What a good show, y'all. Ugh, love it. Amazing. So that, I don't know if we should do this again, but that TV show again was Money Heist. I forget what mine was. What was one? 
Oh yeah, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. This always Mid-summer happens to me. Midsummer was mine. All right, R. so R. that's our episode. That's our best of summer. Uh, yeah. So All thanks right. so much thanks for guys. listening. Bye. Bye. I have a real grinds my gears situation here because when you are watching Patriot Act on Netflix, Patriot Act, which has a like three second long bomb intro, which I would never skip in my life. Mm -hmm. Netflix offers for you to skip intro. Mindhunter has a four minute long orchestral set playing in the background, which when you're watching at 3 a.m. is actually a really hard sound to keep listening to every single episode, but you can't skip that fucking intro. 